Thanks for joining us here at KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming and welcoming once again Riverside guitarist Peter Curtis. This is the end of a beautiful friendship. It happened a moment ago. This is the end of a beautiful friendship I know cause your eyes told me so Throughout this program we'll have playing in the background music from Steel in Love featuring crooner Ken Steele. That's much appreciated for title alone. I've been a fan of yours as far as with just your playing at the very least but then we have things like Mock Metal Mother, Think Funk Fool, Bogus Bossa, all these wonderful alliteration type of song titles that you have. Are these actual titles, these are past works, but are these actual titles that you ended up using or were they the things that would help you remember it? Like Stan Lee had Peter Parker and Richard Reed and all this kind of repetitive stuff. Right. Well, I'm not sure how you know about fake funk and mock metal. <laughs> how do you know those pieces? You know what? It might have been my sleuthing, or some people would call it stalking, depending <laughs> on your profession, but you might have also sent these to me gotcha. a couple of years back, maybe. Gotcha. <laughs> well, those are pieces that I wrote for my students at Riverside City College. They're guitar ensemble pieces. I teach a guitar ensemble at Riverside City College. We also have a class guitar, which is open to anyone with, you know, you don't need any guitar experience, but we get quite a few people in that class who have experience playing, but don't read music and want to learn. So that's sort of our base level class. But then beyond that, we have a guitar ensemble, which is for people who play and read music. And one thing that I've found with that class is that I tend to have students of a wide variety of abilities. So the frustration for me is finding music that is easy enough for the less advanced students and challenging enough for the most advanced students. Mm. And I have found some music, Vivaldi I find works particularly well, and he in fact was a teacher as well. And I, though I don't have any musicological research to support this, my guess is that the reason that the music works so well in that capacity is because a couple hundred years before and on a different continent, he was writing music for the same purpose, for students. But I don't have any data to support that. That's my guess. But I was trying to write some pieces for my students that, like I said, would, would work for a broad variety of levels. And the first one I wrote had this very, very simple, repetitive kind of funky bass line. Three open E notes in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Then an open A. Boom, 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 da, 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 da. And they, they repeat that many times. So, and then part three is doing something rhythmic and repetitive with chords, and then part one and two are doing things that are progressively more difficult. And put it all together, and I think it sounds pretty cool. The students like it, audiences have liked it. So anyway, I wrote this first one, Fake Funk, and Jive Jazz. Jive Jazz Jack, yeah, we've got that. <laughs> then I thought that it sort of seemed like I was beginning to write a suite. So uh, the, the suite total is called an alliterative air sats assortment, and it's six movements, fake funk, jive jazz, counterfeit country, 
bogus bossa, pseudo surf, and mock metal. And actually, <laughs> the RCC Guitar Ensemble does have a CD coming out, which will not be available for commercial release. Oh. It's just for copyright reasons and having to do oh, okay. with the college financing and etc. But much of the music will be available on the RCC Guitar YouTube channel, which is Guitar CC. So uh, very shortly, though it's not up yet, those pieces will be up. And we have a ton of stuff that we've put up over COVID with students recording their parts at home. Mm. Well, let's talk about Ken Steele. We're going to be focusing on Steele and Love. It's a trio, Ken on vocals, you on guitar, and then we've got Baba Elefante on bass in there. Darn that dream I dream each night You say you love me And you hold me tight But when I awake You're out of sight Oh, darn that dream Talk to us about who Ken is and who he was in the 1940s and then later as a TV writer and then his time in Palm Springs. Okay, Ken Steele is a Canadian like me, though, well, actually both of us are dual citizens now, but we're both originally from Canada. And he got his start in Winnipeg, Manitoba in the late 1940s during the sort of tail end of the big band era. He graduated from high school and started pursuing a career as a singer and was singing in nightclubs, and that led to him being discovered by CBC Radio, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and getting work singing on nationally broadcast radio shows. He eventually moved to Toronto, which, as he told me, was the big time in Canada, and became a very in-demand singer, singing for a lot of CBC Radio productions, television productions. And he did that throughout much of the 50s and 60s. Ken is very much a crooner in the the mold of Frank Sinatra, Billy Eckstein, Johnny Hartman. He reminds me a lot of Bing Crosby, actually. Oh, sure. So as musical tastes changed to rock and roll and other kinds of music, I think it was both a combination of interests and opportunity for the kind of music he was interested in were becoming fewer and farther between, and he sort of transitioned from being a singer for radio to being a radio and TV writer, eventually moved out to L.A., where he was a writer for Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. <laughs> he got an Emmy for that one, He right? did. He did. <laughs> and uh, he sort of put singing on the back burner. And then about, I guess, in the early 2000s, he moved out to Palm Springs, and started singing again. And he is now 92 years old and sounds fantastic. And well, COVID put a crimp in his style in terms of how regularly he was performing. But up until COVID, and I think as clubs are starting to reopen again since, he was regularly singing in clubs in bars in the Palm Springs area. And I think he's returning to it now. Nice. I first heard him when he sat in on a gig I was playing in the Palm Springs area with Bob Elefante on bass. 
He sat in and, you know, when I first heard him sing, it was as if I could imagine his voice coming out of a mid-century radio broadcast. It was just this old-fashioned style crooner. And as it turns out, he, in fact, sang on many of those kinds of broadcasts. But I just didn't know it when I met him. And yeah, he sat and I got to play with him a couple of times. Then we did a gig together. And Sophie, my fiance, uh, was at that gig. Thank you. She suggested that I ought to record with Kim. And uh, it struck me as a good idea. So we made a record together. So that is how you first came to know him in person anyway, because of him sitting in. Uh, Had you seen him perform or anything like that? No, Uh, the first time I met him or laid eyes on him was when he walked up to the stage at a gig I was playing on. It wasn't my gig, but I was in the band. He was asked by the band leader to sit in, and I see this elderly gentleman walk up to the stage, and he opened his mouth to sing, and I was completely enraptured, and I remain so. But we did at least one gig together, maybe more, where it was just him and I. And my original idea was to do the album just guitar and vocals. Then I thought that it might be nice to bring in my good friend, the wonderful bass player, Baba Elefante, to play on on some of the record too. So there are some things on the record that are just guitar Mm -hmm. and voice, but most of it ends up being trio with acoustic bass. Let's talk about the music on the disc. Mostly ballads. There are a couple of tunes that are... I won't call them upbeat, but they're more upbeat than the others. Things like Firefly and Them Their Eyes. Them Their Eyes, one. Yeah. yeah. A couple more just picking up the pace just a bit. How did the tunes come to be for this disc? Oh, did Ken, you bring Ken, some in? Ken brought them all? Ken brought them all. Oh, all it, of them. It was, yeah, everything was what he wanted to sing. Okay. And the keys were the keys he wanted to sing them in. I was really deferring to his choices in terms of repertoire. Okay. I call her Firefly Cause oh my, she radiates moon glow Once none of that noon glow She starts to glitter when the sun goes down About 8 p.m. It's mayhem She switches those brights up Lights up, gives me a call Take me to the Fireflies Ball. Were there any of the tunes on here that were new to you? I, he did bring in You're Not There, which is a tune by him. But beyond that, these other tunes, these Jimmy Van Heusen, Johnny Burke compositions in here, any of these ones that he brought in that you were not familiar with until he I, brought in? Yeah, the only one with which I was not familiar was Firefly. I'd never heard the song before. Actually, I think the first time I heard it was in the studio because mm. I thought, well, maybe I ought to listen to this. Mm. Or if it wasn't in the studio, it was shortly before the session. We checked out the great Tony Bennett version yes, of it yes, and then put our own spin on it. That is one that I will admit now that I didn't know either. I had to research it. It was originally written for a musical called Gypsy but ended up not being used but then Tony Bennett did record it to make it popular. And I've got a lot of his stuff, but I don't recall ever hearing it before hearing Ken Steele perform it on this one. I hadn't heard it either. <laughs> it was new to me. The song is old now, but it seems like even at the time it was written, there's something about it which seems to suggest an antiquated style. <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely seems like a song out of time in terms of when it was written and especially so now. Sure. What about arrangements? Was that somewhat open, or how did that work? Did he come in really leading it, saying, I'm going to take this, 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 then you come in for 16 bars? 
How did that part go, the arrangements? That was much more collaborative. Okay. You know, he would just sort of say, I'd like to sing this song in this key. Beyond that, he was extremely open. Typically, I took an improvised solo on every song. In fact, I think maybe there's one song on the album that where I don't take a solo. Baba soloed on at least one, maybe a couple mm-hmm. of the songs. But, you know, I think we might say, oh, well, this one, or I might say, or Ken might say, how about an introduction on this one? And I'd sort of work something up and do an introduction. We'd play the song, we'd have a solo or two, and then we'd play the melody. Maybe Ken would suggest a tag at the end or a repeat, or I might suggest an ending. But there weren't written arrangements. It was really what we call head arrangements. We did it very much sort of on the fly. We had chord changes for the songs if I didn't know them. Most of them I knew, but, you know, like I said, I didn't know Firefly. And I think there was a written out melody, but beyond that, we just sort of worked out the arrangement on the fly. On the Firefly in that case. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. No pun intended. Oh, every pun intended from me there. When you did hear it for the first time we're still talking about firefly was he sort of singing it for you or did he find a recording uh, the tony bennett version did he play that for yeah, you yeah we listened to the tony bennett okay. version okay gotcha firefly why can't i latch on you know how oh how i love you but gee while you set the night on firefly shine a little light on hear me all right on shine a little light on me I'm David Fleming in conversation with Riverside guitarist Peter Curtis. We first had Peter on KVC Arts talking about his release, Christmas with Your Jewish Boyfriend. And now for his most recent release featuring the vocals of Ken Steele called Steele in Love. I'm David Fleming in conversation with Riverside guitarist Peter Curtis speaking mainly about his 2020 release featuring Ken Steele called Steele in Love. Love is funny or it's sad or it's quiet or it's mad it's a good thing or it's bad but One of the ones I alluded to, Jimmy Van Heusen and Johnny Burke, so now I guess I'm talking about But Beautiful, and I started to say this is a nice old tune from them, but if you say Van Heusen and Burke's names, old is implied, there's a part of this where it feels like two guitars, which is not at all unusual for you. You're one of those wonderful self-accompanying folks who, I don't know, you find that in other types of playing, a finger-style work, this uh, Travis-style picking kind of thing where you're running the bass line or other melodies with your thumb while you're doing other things with your finger. But now this time, in the middle of But Beautiful, Mm -hmm. there's a point where it sounds like you're continuously hitting one note on one string and then seemingly going up and down the fret with another, but... I know your fingers aren't that long. Is it possible to describe what's going on physically to make this happen? Oh, sure. So for guitar players out there and people who are interested in playing guitar, basically it's a matter of keeping one finger stationary on one string and then with other fingers on other strings playing a melody underneath it. And it's typically the top note, which doesn't have to be a top note, it could be a bottom note. In the case of But Beautiful, I think it was a high note that I was playing mm-hmm. on one string. It 
So that was acting as what in musical terms is called a pedal point, a repeated note. So that pedal point is held and repeated, and then against it or with it, I'm playing other notes on other strings, and it creates a sort of kind of almost like a dialogue effect. Mm, yeah, it makes for a wonderful effect. I love it anytime I hear it in any capacity because it's just, well, anytime you want to stop and look at the liner notes and see if there's another guitarist brought in for that or overdubs only on track three or something like that. But you didn't do this by overdubs. No, no, there's no multi-tracking. We did go in and fix a few mistakes, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mainly things where Ken wasn't happy. He wanted to go in and fix things and I was always thinking, Sounds great to me, Ken. And he was, no, 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 I can do it better. So he went in and punched in a few things, and I went in and punched in a few things, but there's no multi-tracking. It's all, you know, one instrument. That is really cool. Once a person listens to this disc beyond what we'll have playing in the background, it's, you're going to be blown away at times thinking that there's multiple instruments in there. Another of the songs on here, such a wonderful selection, too, of things. There's some Gershwin on here. There's My One and Only Love, Them, Their Eyes. There's such a variety of tunes that people would know from the, quote, Great American Songbook, from musicals over the years, which there's severe overlap there. But any tunes on here that you had been used to playing as an instrumental, but then you had to take a serious look at to play as an accompanist. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the one where that was most stark for me, or the case for me, was Embraceable You, which I have long played in a solo guitar arrangement, and I've also played it with bands. And I just, I guess I'd gotten sort of used to playing it in a certain key, and with a certain arrangement, and Ken did it in a different key. And, you know, my role, of course, is completely different as an accompanist. Right. So, yeah, there were examples where I had to sort of think differently about a song with which I was already familiar. But I think, you know, any musician worth her or his salt tends to think about the musical situation that he or she is playing in and how to fit into it. So... I think musicians do that as a matter of course. I guess what's different in this case is doing that with the same material, you know. But I'm a bit used to that as a jazz player. You know, I've played in a lot of different kinds of settings from solo guitar to big bands, and I'm used to having different roles in all those settings. I'm glad you mentioned Embraceable You. That's one of the ones that stands out for me. And what I'm going to mention here you'll find on many of the other songs, and that is Oh gosh, you're playing harmonics mixed in with individual notes, mixed in with chords, or at least harmonized notes. And you know what, let's address that for a split second. When do harmonized notes actually become a chord? Do you have to establish a triad and then once it's three or more, that's the chord? How yeah. is that defined? Yes, two notes are an interval, three notes are a chord. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yep. And now, typically with Western music, we have the dominance of tertial harmony, harmony based on thirds. Somebody pointed out once that we live on a three planet, where the third planet from the sun, jokes tend to be in threes, 
there's the concept of the Holy Trinity for Christians. And similarly, Western harmony tends to be based on intervals of thirds. So most chords are stacks of thirds, major and minor thirds. I thought that that would go on for much longer. I didn't expect such a quick answer. It's really as simple as that. Two notes is an interval, three or more, that's when it becomes a chord. As far as I know. Okay, well, you've been teaching this for, you've been in RCC for 20... 20 years. 20 20 and a half now, yeah. Oh my gosh. I know, I I know, it's it's, it's hard for me to believe it. Hard for me to believe that, you know, I have students that weren't born, college students who weren't born when I started teaching there. Wow. Yeah, it's enough to make you feel really, really old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And so there's a lot of academics that are coming out with discourse on that right now. And they're also realizing that most of their students, if we're in a traditional college situation, most of their students weren't born when that happened. So it's it's of academic curiosity for some of them and for others, it's... I have to find a, a, an understanding of this kind of thing. That's a, that's a strange thing to grasp. It really is. Yeah. And and when, when you know when you think about when one thinks about one's own life, or when I think about my own life vis-a-vis the com- the comparison, like you know uh, when I was 20 years old, thinking about things that happened just before I was born. Mm. Um, that seemed like such ancient history. Whereas for me now, looking back at 9-11, that doesn't seem very long ago at all. But I, that's the thing about time, I guess. It's, it, it seems so variable and yet it's so absolute. But I am far from a philosopher, so I shouldn't philosophize too much. <laughs> Philosophy Radio, WYMI. <laughs> so you mentioned Baba Elefante a little bit ago, a wonderful bassist. Talk to me about how you ended up playing with him. Some folks may know his name, maybe from the Ron Kobayashi trio, Yeah, I think. Great trio. Great and musicians. I don't know what else. The only other Elefante that I can think of is with the band Kansas, but I don't and think there's... And their cousins. Really, they yep. are related. They okay. are related, absolutely. I knew enough that they weren't brothers. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah it is cool. <laughs> there's the Elefantes out there. Uh, one, Carry On My Wayward Son, and this guy, the bass player. And his brother, yeah. John Elefante, John, is yes. an excellent singer sound engineer and a fine rock guitarist himself. How did you come to know Baba and then eventually bring him to the table on this? But you've had a long history with him already. Yeah. Baba and I have been playing together over 15 years, off and on. I remember the first time I met him, I was brought in for a music recruitment event where I played for students at, I think it might have been Fontana High. And he was playing there that day too as sort of musicians coming in and demonstrating to the music students at the school what they did and talking about what it is they do. So I met him that day and I think we played together that day. That was the first time I played with him. And it was obvious to me from the first time I played with him that he was a complete virtuoso. He's also a good friend. He's a great guy. I love Baba. One thing about Baba that I want to say is that, um, you know, he prefers to play on electric bass. Okay. He's a virtuoso, fretless electric bass player. But on this record, I really wanted him to play on acoustic. I wanted the sound of an acoustic bass. And he was a bit reticent at first because he prefers playing on electric. So it took a little bit of convincing to get him to do it. But I'm so glad he did because he played beautifully on the record. And he plays beautifully on both instruments, electric and acoustic. I awake, put the kettle on, read the news. 
it's a day like any other day only The last track on the disc, this is one that we spoke about a little bit ago, one called You're Not There. This one is Ken's tune, the words and the music on this one. How did he bring this one to you? Was there a recording of it? Did he hum it? Did he sit at the piano? How did you get to experience this before being tasked with playing it? He brought in a piece of sheet music. Oh, it was simple as that. Yeah, it had the chord changes written atop the melody and the lyrics written below the melody. And that was it. He said it's a ballad and we played it down and I got a feel for it and we did it. Okay. Yeah, I didn't hear it before we rehearsed it. And it's a beautiful song. And though Ken has not said so explicitly, I'm fairly confident that he wrote that for his late wife. I come home, put the kettle on, watch the news, say a prayer. It's a night like any other night, only Most of the tunes on here, I believe, other than Firefly, and of course You're Not There, you already knew of the rest of these tunes. And played most of them at some point. True, yeah. Yeah. Were there any of these that stood out more than others to be, I mean, beyond maybe some that we've already addressed, but any that you were really thinking, I get to play this, I get to sit down with this vocalist and play this one? Any of the songs that you were just excited to play when you saw that they were on the list that he had presented to you? Yeah, I think that the excitement for me in terms of those specific songs was that I'm a fan of certain recordings of great jazz singers playing those songs. Mm -hmm. So for instance, of course, Billie Holiday's version of Them Their Eyes is a classic. And there's an incredible Johnny Hartman, John Coltrane recording of My One and Only Love. So when he said he wanted to do those two songs, I immediately thought of those recordings. And that was sort of inspiration. And of course, you know, it can be a bit daunting, But I also was thinking, okay, well, how am I going to approach this so I'm not imitating those recordings? Nice. It's been Music and Conversation with Peter Curtis for this edition of KVC Arts. We'll have him on again in the very near future with a couple teasers for his next couple of releases. Tonight we heard mainly about Steel in Love, featuring Peter on guitar, Ken Steele on vocals, and Baba Elefante in on bass. Find much more at petercurtismusic.com, also on Facebook, and lots to be found on YouTube as well. Thanks again to Peter Curtis and here at KVCR. Thanks to Lillian Vasquez, Rick Dulock, and Sharina Wad.
Music beds and themes heard on KVCR. It's composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. And Sean also just happens to be one of Peter's former students. Many past shows can be found through iTunes, Spotify, and NPR One. And most past shows are kvcrnews.org slash arts. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening and for your support, which you can do any time of the year. Go to kvcrnews.org support. And thanks again.